Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. This is a a day that we gather to hear the word of the Lord from the man of God. Um, Father God, on the day of the Lord, we pray that we might be receptive to welcome your word into our hearts, that we not sin against you. And we pray, Father God, that heaven and earth shall pass away, but your words, Father God, will never pass away, Lord. Your word remain, and the counsel of the Lord is sure. So we pray that you would bless your word, give us a heart to receive your word, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that will give forth good fruit, O God. Be glorified, Lord. We pray, Father God, that your word might be a light that shines in the midst of darkness. And Father God, that it would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. That it would be, Father God, uh, that word that you spoke about in Matthew 4, 4, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We want to hear your word. We want to know the times and the seasons that we're living in. So Father, bless your word and prosper it in the heart of your people. And we glorify you for sending your word in this season. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen and amen. So as we begin, we want to establish that... God is faithful to send his word forth. That's, that's always been the case. Uh, if from, from day one, if you go to the beginning of time in Genesis chapter one, the Bible says that in the midst of darkness, in the midst of deep darkness, um, when darkness covered the earth, there it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2 says, and the earth was uh, void, empty, and it was dark and um, without form. That's verse 2. The earth was without form, void, and dark. And then verse 3, God sent his word. God said, let there be light. And so we see the ushering forth of God's word from the beginning. And in every season, God is faithful to issue word that will bring clarity. And that's why we love the word of God. And that's why the devil, he likes to distort the word of God. We see there, even after God spoke, um, after he spoke several things, let this happen, let this happen, he just continued to speak into the disorder, into things without form, into things that were empty. And he filled all things and made things all things glorious. And so as God's word is unfettered and goes forth, it establishes his will and it creates all things that we need. So it's, we live not by bread, by the word of God that's coming forth. It wasn't long before God created man and woman. And in chapter three, we have this aspect of the serpent being more cunning than any animal of the field. Genesis chapter three, verse one. And so we see here that the devil becomes the first one to distort. Distort meaning bringing out of proper um, measure uh, uh, to bring a perverted, the word perverted means twisted. He twists God's word. The serpent was more cunning than any animal and of the field which the Lord had created. And he said to the woman, has God said? Has God indeed said? So we see that the work of Satan and the work of the devil, the, the one who speaks duplicitous, He's always speaking on two sides of the reality. So he's a liar. He's a father of lies. He distorts God's word. And here he becomes the first false prophet. So while God is bringing clarity to chaos and he's bringing light to darkness and he's bringing a roadmap for us to walk in, there's all manner of people that are saying, God spoke to me. God told me, God said to me. And the fact of the matter is, we understand when God speaks and we don't, we don't go on counterfeit. We're not gonna have a mixed message. We have said that in times of peril and danger, when things are going 
uh, contrary, communication is number one. Uh, communication is what brings us together. And so God speaking to us is important in these days. And the, the devil makes sure that in light of, of the presence of his work, which is evil and darkness, he wants to pervert and twist and distort the word of God. So in these last days, we want to hear God clearly. We don't want no fanfare. We don't want no drama. We don't want even pride. I have the word of the Lord. I was talking to Pastor Richie this week, and I said, look, Pastor Richie, I want to hear from God. It doesn't have to come through me. I just want to know the word of the Lord, and I'm willing to, to not speak um, and to be attentive. The Bible says to be quick to listen and not to speak. So having two ears and one mouth, we're to listen more than we're to speak. We're to be attentive. That's what brings us clarity. So in these days, because the devil desires to twist, distort, darken the counsel of God, he raises up false prophets. And so we have to deal with that. Um, if, if there's false prophets, is because real prophets are supposed to be talking. If he's trying to get us to shake and move out of our center foundation and clarity he wants to unbalance us and lead us astray and deceive us well there has to be a voice of clarity in the last days if many false prophets will arise he's trying to mix the pot so you don't know who to listen to so we're going to try and go through that a little bit i believe this is the season for this word God spoke to me uh, concerning the last days, 2020, and we're going to talk this morning about the excellence of hearing God's word. So Deuteronomy 29, 29 becomes my favorite verse of all time. Why? Because if God is real and God has his people, then God doesn't hide from his people. And he says, the secret things belong to me. What are the secret things? The hidden things. The, the mystery, things not clearly seen, belong to God. And so I know me and my wife, we, we have a family, and we're directing our family. We love our family. We provide, and we protect our, our family. And we won't tell our children certain things until what they call a need-to-know basis. When they need to know something, we gather together, and we speak to them. Any father does that with his children, and God has always been a father to his people. There's never been a time that God has left his people in the dark and he always brings clarity at the time they need to understand things. So use that as a measure. The things you're not supposed to know, don't even try to inquire because the hidden things belong to God. But listen to what it says here. But the revealed things, that means God removes the cover. He lets you see, he lets you hear. Those things he reveals and those things which are not hidden, the revealed things, belong to us and to our children forever. And we could glorify God. God, you're faithful to not leave us in the dark. And you've seen this to be the character of God since day one. God is the God who reveals things and uh, those things that belong to us, the things he wants us to have and to walk in. There's no confusion and chaos. In fact, it was a curse in, in the Old Testament, um, even in the New Testament, I would gather, that a divination, that means when you had to guess, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. No, my friend, this is not that type of uh, sick theology. God is clear, and God says, let everything be confirmed by one, two, and three. Uh, those that will stand up to the witness of what God has says. Let every spirit be judged. Let every, every manner be decided uh, in the counsel of the godly. So here, things hidden belong to God. We're not concerned. I'm, I'm not concerned about things hidden. Um, in fact, that was the devil's trap to Eve in the garden when he says, well, if you walk away from what God has said, your eyes will be open. Listen, my friend, you don't want to see anything that God doesn't want you to see. So there to go to uh, speak to a dead relative through a a medium or a witch, uh, a witch or a witchcraft. You don't want to be a part of anything that God has closed off. 
You're not into, there's so many people that meddle into those dark places. It's called the occult. That's not us. We don't meddle into those things. We don't wander. We don't want to know what a witch could tell us or what a warlock could say. We want the counsel of the Lord to be spoken off the rooftops. Nothing hidden, nothing mysterious, nothing secret. That becomes a snare and a trap. In fact, in these days, uh, a gentleman came some years ago to the church and he said like this. He says, God has revealed to me the hidden things of the last days. And I, I was like, silent. And he goes, well, don't you want to know what God told me uh, that he hasn't told anybody? I said, no, not interested in hearing what God has not revealed in the scriptures, number one, and through his servants. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not curious. I don't have itching ears. Uh, in fact, in these days, some people want to, hey, pastor, I'm going to send you some stuff. Don't send me stuff. I want to hear the word of the Lord. I, I don't want to be in the fanfare and driven by um, the Bible says those schemers that make opportunity uh, to be uh, leading hearts astray. And there's people that aren't reliable. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But here's what the Bible says. The hidden things belong to God. The revealed things belong to us and to our children. What's that mean? God is faithful that we may know and do all the words that he reveals to us. That's what God is doing. Take that as your counsel in these days. Deuteronomy uh, 29, 29. Now we move over to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 13, 9, where Paul says, remember my people that we know in part and we prophesy in part. So um, God is revealing things to us that we know and then the prophetic word allows us to know further. So prophecy is legitimate. It's real. It's a gift of God. And thank God for people that have the prophetic gift. They're able to allow us to discern the times and reveal the things of the spirit that the natural man doesn't know. It's uh, tremendous. Over the years, my children says, Dad, we've been living in your house for a long time. And we've seen that there is this disposition. You see farther down the road than a lot of people. You're able to see things before they come to pass. And a lot of people have that witness over the years and, and we believe it's a prophetic anointing. We believe it's God's faithfulness to give us someone that would forewarn us about things before they occur. And so the Bible says, we know in part, we prophesy in part. What's that mean? That no one knows everything. In other words, God has not made any man omniscient. There's not anybody that knows the whole counsel in, in regards to everything that's taking place. Be careful with those people that have an answer for everything. They have an answer for, you know, what is happening in my mother-in-law's house. And they're like, oh, I'll, I'll let you know. Listen, stay away from those who claim to be omniscient. In other words, they know everything about all things. That is not something that God has gifted us with. We need each other. So I'm attentive to the man of God all over the world. And these days that everything is being shaken, I want to know what reliable, consistent, experienced, mature men of God are hearing from the Lord. And so we have that type of fellowship. Um, the Bible says in Matthew 7, 21, that even in those last days, not everyone who claims to know the Lord um, will be close to the Lord. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will have entrance into the kingdom of God. But this other group of people, he who does the will of my Father. So not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will, will come in, but those who do the will of God. He who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's another group of people. And so every word that we receive... Uh, allows us to move in the direction of God's desire, of his pleasure, of his will. That's why we want the word of the Lord. Verse 22 says, for in that day, they will say, uh, many, many will say to the Lord, 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 have we not prophesied in your name? So there's all manner of people that are out there prophesying, having the word of the Lord saying, God spoke to me. But the Bible says that um, they will do prophecy, cast out demons. They will 
um, do wonders in his name. But the response in verse 23 is, the Lord will say to them, uh, I will declare to them, I never knew you. There was no proximity, intimacy with me. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So we see here that not everyone who says a God said or God spoke to me is intimate with the Lord, nor do they know the Lord to be prophesying. And so let's be attentive to that reality. Um, God has not given us uh, a manner in which to prophesy and that would compensate for our intimacy and our knowing God. Um, so we're asking the Lord, Lord, uh, allow us to follow you closely. I want to know where God is right now and intimately know God and how God would move. And so we know the direction in which God moves, Proverbs 4.18, where it says that the pathway of the righteous brings more and more clarity. Not more and more darkness, not more and more confusion, but the path of the just is like a shining sun. I have no doubt that we're supposed to be right where we're supposed to be on the day of the Lord with respect to time and place. And it's like a light, light that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. That means there are no shadows. We will know him as he is to be known. And so we're moving in that direction. And so you have the understanding that as we're listening to the word of God, as we're receiving his instruction, as he's leaving things uh, that belong to us and to our children that have clarity so that we can move with deliberate intention and conviction, um, it will get to the place of a perfect day which is bright and resilient. Uh, there's no doom and gloom for the people of God. Our redemption speaks of clarity and light in the midst of darkness. So in these times, the word of the Lord comes to accomplish two things. It comes to get the church back on track, to revive the church, those believers, to get closer to God, and to awaken the world. Uh, if anything, God speaks in the last days to those that do not know God is to come to know God. The, the word of God, uh, there's a lot of people that are um, shouting all manner of words that bring distress. I know in the last couple of days, I've had an opportunity to speak to many people. The, 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 the time is ripe. The harvest is great. And, and I've been telling people, you know something? Um, this is the heart of God. So that's the word of the Lord, to reveal the heart of God. To reveal the understanding of God's ways. To lead people to salvation. Yesterday, I was able to speak to two people. I've been uh, sharing with them all week long to the culmination of bringing them to the Lord. Uh, a husband and a wife uh, who have a precious family. And, and in the midst of all that's going on, to lead them to the Lord was a glorious day. A day not of death. A day not of destruction. <clears throat> but a day of salvation. A day of rejoicing. So I was excited last night, 8 o'clock at night, uh, when we finally were able to pray together and they were welcoming Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and salvation into their hearts. And so the awakening that the world might come, like in the days of Noah, Noah was telling them, jump in the ark. Come into salvation, come an invitation, a welcome is to be uh, close to the word of the Lord. So here, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, again, verse 4, brethren, you're not in darkness. We're not walking obscurely in darkness with fog, but we're not in darkness, so this day should overtake you like if you're being taken from uh, the clarity of that day that shines brighter and brighter until the fullness of a perfect day is not a manner of darkness. Verse 5, Paul is saying this day, in the last days, you are sons of the light and, not, and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. That's why we don't, we're not in that realm of the hidden, the secret, the mysterious. We're, we're walking out boldly. We're walking out loud. Uh, we, we speak from our hearts through our mouth and then... Uh, I want to say in the last days, if you want to hear somebody speak, look at their lives. Be, be consistent, not with the words people speak, but what's their trajectory? 
How have they been living for the Lord? And so these are the times to concern that. Verse 6, it says, For those who, uh, therefore, let us not sleep, let us be watchful and sober. We're not, we're not just drifting off into the unknown, into the subconscious. Uh, we're consciously awake and we're attentive and we're watching and we're being sober. For a lot of times, people have said Christians, uh, they're just so disconnected from reality. You know, my friend, now you see that the reality is the kingdom of God. The reality is the word of God, the instruction of the Lord for his people. This is the best-selling book of all times, the Bible. If you're saying if this is the best-selling book of all time, you, the question is, why haven't you read it? And that's where we've been uh, kept away from the goodness of God's provision uh, because we've read so manner. If you go to the bookstores now, people are addicted to fiction. The word fiction means fake. So if you go to the bookstore, and I went to Barnes & Noble one time, I said, How, what is the percentage of your books uh, nonfiction, which means real, and fiction. And they told me 80% of the books in the bookstores in America are fiction. What are they? They're novels. They're books that don't have anything with reality. Uh, Harry Potter for children has nothing to do with reality. In fact, witchcraft, it's a curse to our youth. Um, but that's what people have been eating. And the uh, a wimpy kid and all this diet and Star Wars and science fiction uh, galaxies. Uh, we, we've been eaten from that too long and we have not nourished our lives from the word of God. We have not eaten from the bread of life. So there is very important that we be consistent with that. Um, we want to continue on saying we're not in darkness, we're not sleeping. Verse 7, 1 Thessalonians 5, 7 says, We are not of those who sleep at night, nor those who get drunk at night. We're not seeking to be intoxicated. Because when you're intoxicated, you're uh, under the influence. You have some substances, whether it's pleasure, whether it's entertainment, Hollywood. All that is fake stuff. No, we want to know the real stuff. We're not those that take pleasure in that which is not real. Verse 8 says that we that are not of darkness, but we are of the day. So let us put on, those of us who are sober, put on the breastplate of faith. So we can see with clarity, put on love, put on the hope of salvation as your helmet that guards your thoughts. When you got that helmet on, the, the enemy cannot um, attack your thoughts. And that's what be, is being attacked in these days, the hysteria of our times. Um, why? Because verse 9 says, God did not appoint us. And God did not appoint us to wrath, but he selected us unto salvation. Through who? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see the adversity, the conflict. We see the two sides here. And we're not appointed to wrath. We're appointed to salvation. And God has appointed us unto these things. How do we know that? Verse um, 10 says, For Christ died for us, that whether we awake or asleep, we should be together with him. We should live with him. And then the verse says in verse 11, it says, These are the words of comfort. So the words that come in the last days, words to comfort us, to edify us, to build us up in our faith. Use these times for that challenge and avoid all the riffraff. There's so much garbage out there talking about political parties, talking about Congress, talking about um, the president, about China. Everybody's making it an earthly uh, scenario. No, we lift our high eyes above that. And we're listening to things that are above that. And so this is what the Bible says in Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Surely the Lord will do nothing. I love this verse. The Lord will do nothing. Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Before he reveals his secrets to his servants the prophets. This has always been God's standard. He has given us apostles and prophets evangelists, pastors, and teachers, the fivefold ministry are in the body of Christ, and there are people that he reveals his secrets to. The Lord will do nothing unless he's telling us what he wants us to know in the last days. So we're not, we're not watching CNN and Fox News. We're tuning in to not the false prophets, but to those men that have the word of the Lord in these days that walk in the consistency of the word of the Lord. And so the Bible says in verse 8 that just like a lion roars, 
These, these are the voices that will be heard for the body of Christ. A lion has roared, who will not fear? When the word of the Lord comes, it brings a reality so that there's a reference. The Lord God has spoken, and if he's spoken, who can help but prophesy? What's that mean? Listen, God burns into the heart of his servants the urgency of his times to utter it out of their lips. While there are many false prophets, there are men who are walking in the presence of God and, and their heart and their passion and their delivery will be loud and clear as a lion that roars. And so the famous thing about lions, you could hear them 10 to 20 miles off. You could hear a lion way beyond. Uh, we've been in Africa, in South Africa. They told us that at the lion safari, that when a lion roars, his voice reverberates. And it, it's a voice of admonition and warning. And so is the word of the Lord. And we see here in the book of Amos that God will do nothing until first he speaks to his servants, the prophets. And in chapter 4, we have verse, um, I'm going to say here, verse 6. I gave you cleanness of teeth in your cities. When, when first he says the prophecy will come through his servants, then he says, I sent upon the land a lack of food. When your teeth have not been munching on something, they call it, you have clean teeth. But it's also a sign of a lack of bread. There's no food on the table. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. You're going to see with each one of these plagues that the whole purpose of anything that happens upon the earth, which is shaking up the peoples, is that they return to God. So as we see the times being perilous, as they, they're extreme and terrible and perilous times, God wants us to return to him. There it says it again in verse um, 7. God says, I also withheld rain. There was no water. One city had to go get water from another city. One part was rained upon. The other part withered and dried. There was no rain. Verse 8, he, he withheld food. Now he's withholding water. And so two and three cities wandered to another city to drink. But they were not satisfied. Yet you did not return to me, says the Lord. Again, that statement, you have not returned to me, says the Lord. I withheld food, you didn't return to me. I withheld water, you didn't return to me. Verse 9, um, it continues on to say, I blasted you with pestilence, mildew, blight. Your gardens, uh, at the time that they were increasing, and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees, the locusts devoured them, yet you have not returned to me. So we see that when God is proclaiming his word, the purpose of his word is to bring his people closer to him, to come more intimate, to know him. And we have gone far from the Lord um, as he continues to send plagues and pestilence and times of peril, times of, of famine, times of necessity. Yeah, many people are running to the government and they're wanting the government to resolve. But the truth of the matter is that the provision comes from God. He's the owner of the gold and the silver. Verse 10, we continue on to read, as the Lord tells us, I sent amongst you a plague. I sent you pandemic, just like I did in Egypt. And your young men suffered death uh, yesterday, a nurse here in Miami died, and I'm like, wow, if healthcare can't take a care of healthcare, what is going on? And he says, I made the stench of your camps come up into your nostrils, the, the smell of death, yet you have not returned to me. God says it again, and again, and again, and again. His word is sent forth to bring his people back to him. You will notice that wicked and ungodly people are not what God is sending the plagues upon. He's sending these plagues and pestilence, not on the unrighteous, but on his people to come back to have more intimacy with him. And so he continues on to say, you have not returned, even though the stench is on your nostrils. Verse 11, we continue on to see in the book of Amos that the prophecy I overthrew some of you some of you came to naught 
like Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like firebrand plucked from the burning, yet you have not returned to me. There have been people that God has saved thoroughly and utterly from the depth of hell, and they're not serving God as they would, yet you would not come to me, says the Lord. So God continues to issue forth his word, and his people continue to be distant. So here, Hebrews 12, verse 25, see that you do not refuse when God speaks. See that you do not turn a deaf ear when he's trying to knock on the door when he's trying to knock on the door of your heart answer and come and he says he will enter in with his father and he will have supper with you he won't have an exchange for if they did not escape who refused him in the past when he spoke on the earth much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from the heavens so the Bible says in the last days, he's going to shake all things. Verse 26, he's going to, he's going to cause things. And this is, this is talking about the voice of the Lord that shook the earth. Um, he has promised saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens. All spiritual manner of um, tremble in our days like we've never seen before. I, I see friends of mine that are 70 and 80 years old and saying in my lifetime, I have never seen this. 1917, the influenza plague killed over 150 million people upon the earth. And so that shook up the world and it led to a great revival in the land. I believe after these times, many people will see that our message is not fairy tale. Our message are not fables. We're not talking about things that are not relevant. So in the law school with my son, they say, well, the Bible's not applicable to modern times. My friend, the Sunday news has come out and the Bible is the most reliable document for humans on the earth in this time. It's the voice that speaks from heaven. And it says that all these things will be shaken. In verse 27, it says, so those things... Now this yet one more indicates the removal of things that are being shaken as the things that are made. That the things that cannot be shaken may remain. You know after a great shaking, people are drawing near to things that do not shake. And what is that that doesn't shake? Verse 28, since we're receiving an unshakable kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, then let us move in that direction and serve God in a manner which is acceptable with serious reverence and godly fear. So God is on his throne and he forevermore lives. And so the living word is reliable always, making us wise and perfect in these days. The instrument of God in the prophetic word is to bring us near to God. To bring us close to him. Chapter 2, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse, um, let's go to verse 16. Super important that we might hear this word. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables. This is not Shakespeare. It's not Charles Dickens. It's not the literature of men past. But when we made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter saw the glory of God. He, he was there in the Mount of Transfiguration. And he even had a word that he proclaimed, let's make a three tabernacles here. And they said, don't speak, Peter. Listen to God. So we don't want to speak ahead of God, even though we're blown away. Verse 17 says, we're not following fables and fairy tales. For he received from God honor and glory when they heard a voice come out of heaven from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God has always marked reality through his word. And he proclaimed Jesus Christ, the son of God with power in the resurrection. Verse 18 he says, we were there when we heard that voice. And we heard the voice which came from heaven. So we know that voices are speaking. A lot of people are talking. I had a dream last night. I had a voice. Uh, I had an impression. I, I had an angel visit me. But the truth of the matter, when these men were seeing all signs and wonders and they were trying to discern the times, when we were with him in the holy mountain and heard the voice, verse 19 says, in the times of listening to God, we have a prophetic word confirmed. What is the prophetic word confirmed? The Bible, that which is written, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place 
until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. You're in the word of God until it becomes a reality. You don't need to be listening to people that do not have its purpose in your relationship with God. There's all manner of people that will be um, commercing, using the word of God for personal gain and benefit. The word of God is for your instruction, for your deliverance, for your salvation, for you to get closer to God. That's why God allows his word to come to you so that your relationship with God gets right. Like it says in the book of Amos, so that you return to the Lord. So that you have a conviction about the things spiritual. That you have substance of faith. One of the questions I asked this family yesterday, if I were to call your 28-year-old son, if I was to call him right now, he's in another country, and I was to ask your son, who is your God? Who do you serve? Who does your family call upon in the day of trouble? And they both looked at each other like saying, we don't, we don't have that. And I said, well, today, make Jesus Christ your God. Make Jesus Christ your salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. He has given his life. He's given you his blood. He's given you salvation. So make Christ your king. Make Christ your God. Run with those who run with Jesus. Run to Christ and not from Christ. But in these days when a lot of people are thinking there's a fairy tales, they're fables, um, we're, even though we've seen the supernatural, we have a more... Uh, confirmed prophetic word which you do well to hear like light that shines in darkness until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart till it becomes a reality and then there in verse 20 it says for no word of God knowing this first no prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation so that man that kept on telling me he had the hidden secrets of the last days I said er, I don't want to hear what you have to say because I asked him, is it written in the word of God? He said, yeah, then I don't have to worry about listening to what you have to say. I need to get into the word of God. And if it's not in the word of God, I don't want to hear it. Because it's extra biblical. It's not part of God's game plan for this life. Heaven and earth will pass away. His word will not pass away. So no part of this prophecy is of private interpretation. Be careful with those people who see what nobody sees and hear what nobody hears. Be careful with that. It's a snare in the last days. And that's where it leads us into um, there in verse 21. It says it points us to where we're to go. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God who spoke as the Holy Spirit moved them. As they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Find the lives of the people who are living righteously, that are godly. That move with God and be careful with the ones that know everything of scripture and do nothing. They're just like their father Satan. They're moving in the realm of the occult. Matthew chapter 10 verse 20 says, don't worry about the times because the Holy Spirit, you might not know what to speak when you ought to speak, but the spirit of your father will give you a word to speak at the right time. So there's no anxiety, there's no anxiousness in our time in these days. Now, if you go to 2 Peter chapter 1, we just read, this is not fairy tale, this is not fable, this is not personal, but the voice of God speaks, it moves. We have the prophetic word that shines bright in darkness. But then chapter 2 comes, and the entire chapter 2 of 2 Peter deals with false prophets with those false teachers, verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, but there will also be false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers. So there's false prophets, that means there must be real prophets. If there's false teachers, it must be there be reliable teachers among you. And these false prophets and false teachers will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Their teachings don't lead you to where God wants to lead you. They even deny the lordship who brought them out and bring them to swift destruction. So be careful who you're following, who you're, lead, uh, who you're hearing from, who's leading you in this day, because it could be swift destruction, like it says in 2 Peter um, verse 2. Many will follow their destructive ways. See, it won't be few. Many will follow 
uh, manners of, of instruction which are twisted and destructive that do not build, that do not. Yesterday somebody said, Pastor, I'm going to email you something. I said, do me a favor, don't. Why? Because nothing that's flowing from the sewer needs to come up to my house. We're, we're receiving the dew of heaven. So be careful who's sending you stuff. Uh, and because of this, the way of truth is blasphemed. They bring all manner of problems to the reality of God. How do they do that? Verse 3, because they're moving in covetousness. They're looking for benefit to exploit. Through their words, they're trying to garner position and not to deliver you. For a long time, their judgment has been idle and their destruction is not coming to sleep. Um, for And it keeps on saying that God did not spare previous false prophets. He's not going to spare them also. Uh, verse 7 says, look at a man like Lot. In the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, he delivered a righteous man, Lot, who was oppressed by filthy conduct of the wicked. We see Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah surrounded by a lot of junk. And many of the righteous in our days are being launched, a lot of things that oppress us with the filth of conduct. Everything's being shut down. Why does God do this? Verse 8, he says that in the midst of that, the righteous man dwelling among them was tormented. His righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing. He was surrounded by everything lawless, everything out of order like Habakkuk. But this righteous man in a surrounding of unrighteousness, verse 9 says, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of the surroundings and reserve the just for punishment. We see that God is able to move the righteous out to deliverance like he did with Lot, but he keeps those that are going to be dealt with in a manner. That's a verse that's one of my favorite verses in these days. God knows how to deliver us in the midst of everything going on. We're about to close off with our service, but it's a glorious day in the, uh, the house of the Lord. We're not those that are listening to uh, Galatians 2, uh, 2. Let's see if we get this right here. Uh, Galatians, let's go to 2 verse 6. No, 1 verse 6. 1 verse 6. Chapter 1 verse 6. Um, I'm going to have to go dive into this. There it is. I marvel that you, that's it right there. I marvel that you're turning away so fast from the one who called you. And you're paying attention to a different expression of the gospel. Verse 7. For I instruct you, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you. See, when the words come that trouble, that steal our confidence, our assurance, our peace, they want to pervert, distort, they want to darken the counsel of the God to pervert the gospel of Christ, verse 8. But even if we, now this is Paul, even if a messenger of the Lord or an angel from heaven were to come with a message of another gospel, which you, which you have not heard us preach, let him be a curse. There is no benefit from people saying, God spoke to me. When they speak, they're not listening to God in their personal lives. Their house doesn't listen to God. Their, their manner of conduct doesn't listen to God. And they want to say, God spoke to me. No, let your life speak louder than your words. Because even if an angel were to appear, knock on the front door and says, I have something from God. The latest revelation. I had a dream last night. And you don't receive that. Cancel that and don't be an open target in these days. Um, there was one man who says, God spoke to me. And then uh, his, his elder statesman, pastor, and leader says, well, God told me that he didn't speak to you. So we got to be careful. And that, that we see in the life of Samuel as he ran to Eli. And then Eli was able to give him instruction, even though he was in the the work of the Lord. So in these last days, be careful that the word of the Lord is not being misused, misunderstood, or abused. Those are, those are the tendency of the people in the last days. Because God will be speaking clear, because God has a voice, because God would not be silent in the midst of chaos. Uh, we don't want to misuse God spoke to me, or uh, I have a message for you to misunderstand or to abuse these things. Because 1 Thessalonians 5.3 says, many will say peace and safety when there's not going to be peace and safety. 
It says, for when they say peace and security, everything's okay. All of a sudden, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. We're not to say peace, 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 security, when God is dispensing his wrath to call people back to him. So we don't want to thwart the word of God. We don't want to change the flow of his provision. We want to hear clearly from the Lord. Be careful with somebody being a junk food junkie. They want to have all the good things uh, in the day of trouble. They're, they're excited about dessert and they, don't, they want to stay away from the vegetables. They want to stay away from the nourishment of the word of God. And they're just hanging on to all manner of crazy uh, soulish expressions were not to move in that direction. Even Peter, when he told Jesus, don't go to the cross, Lord, the Lord says, Satan, get behind me. The, at that moment that he thought he was being zealous, it was the devil speaking through him and he was speaking what was not the will of God. That was Peter's tendency. In Matthew 17, the Bible says they went up to the Mount of Transfiguration and all of a sudden Moses and Elijah show up and they meet with Jesus there. In verse, uh, Matthew 17, verse 5, it says, While he was speaking to Moses and Elijah, a bright cloud overshadowed them and suddenly a voice came from heaven this is my son in whom I'm well pleased they heard that voice right there and at that moment is when Peter uh, they heard it and they, they they were afraid and so here Peter says in verse uh, four he says when he saw Moses and Elijah Peter answered and said this is good for us to be here Let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He wanted to enclose and capture the move of God. And the Lord from heaven says, listen, listen to my son and don't be speaking uh, at this moment. Let's just wait for these things to fulfill themselves. Let's not be excited in the midst of our revival. Let's pray earnestly. Let's draw near to God intensely. Let's witness and preach the gospel more people than ever are asking, what manner of time is this? Well, this is a great time of salvation. It's a great time for good news in the midst of craziness. It's a manner of wisdom. Uh, God doesn't want us to work as foolish. We're to be the head and not the tail and move with excellence in these times and not in rebellion and not in a spirit that is not from the Lord. So we don't want to be reading out of fiction novels 90% of those things that are out there are, have nothing to do. People are saying, I feel from God. I heard from God. I have a voice from the Lord. I had a dream last night. My grandmother told me. My aunt told me. I heard on the news a preacher. All manner of things are stirred up in these days. Well, God doesn't want to give you the gift of suspicion. He wants to give you the gift of discernment. That we might know the things of God and move as he would have us move in these days. So I want to pray now for you and your family in the midst of this time. Uh, not before reading these last words. Revelations 22 verse 18. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things. God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If you add to the word of the Lord. You just subject yourself to be added to suffer the plagues that will befall the earth. And verse 19 says, and whoever subtracts, if anyone takes away, if anyone discounts the words of my book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part in the book of life. He will not be part of the holy city. He will not be part from the things which are written in this book. So in that course, um, Amos chapter eight, verse 11, he says, the time is coming in the last days where there will be a great famine upon the land. I will send a famine. Not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. So in these times, the most precious commodity that people upon the earth have is listening to the word of God. Is to hearing clearly. Not a distorted, not a watered down, not a fabricated and fictional novel of the things of God, but to have the clear word of the Lord. And there it says that, um, there will be a famine of the hearing of the word of the Lord. Verse 12 says, they will travel far and wander from sea to sea, from north to east, and they shall run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. 
That means there'll be a limited expression of the word of God in the last days. People need to be tuned in to this uh, natural flow, the ebb and flow of his provision for his people in the last days. And God is faithful to allow that to come. And um, they will be going from east to west, to and fro, and seeking the word of the Lord, but not find it. Yesterday, Pastor R.T., Dr. R.T. Kendall called me. He let me know that he will be with us um, on Palm Sunday. And you say, how will be he be with us? Because he has prepared a message for Palm Sunday for Spring of Life Fellowship. And we're going to have that live broadcast through live stream on Palm Sunday. You don't want to miss that. A word of the Lord from the man of God. And, and that's the faithful ebb and flow to this house. And we rejoice. And we have the clarity of knowing that God is faithful. And he will send out his word to perform it. And it will not return void. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for being, uh, spending time in the Word of God. Thank you for the gathering on the Lord's Day. All those that are hearing from near and far off and have the clear counsel of God for these times. We pray, Father God, that you reveal your hand like you promised that you would do nothing until you reveal your Word to your servants, the prophets, Lord. And we bless the house of the Lord. We bless the people of God. We bless those who have an ear to hear and a heart to obey and to listen to the words you have for us in these last days. We are attentive, Lord. Draw us back to you. We glorify your name. And we thank you, Lord, for Spring of Life Fellowship in Miami, for the people who seek your face, who call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. We glorify you. We bless the families of the earth, Lord. Come and save. Hosanna. Come fast, Lord, and save your people. Rescue those of you, those of us that wait upon the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord, who lift up our hands in the holy place, Lord. Keep us from the day of evil, Lord. Rescue our families. Rescue our children. Allow there to be a great column of truth in the last days, which will not perish steadfast at the calling of your word we glorify you and we bless you God bless you we'll see you on uh, Wednesday night 7 o'clock we'll have live stream again from Spring of Life Fellowship and just shortly here at 12 noon we'll broadcast our Spanish service Spring of Life Fellowship Miami with the word of the Lord God bless you this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina and our Spring of Life family we bless you in the name of Jesus Amen and Amen Hallelujah